What's going on out there, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And thank you for time, taking the time out of your schedule to listen to little old me, Greg, on the Man Cave Huddle. Where in today's episode, I like to talk about what's transpiring and what's going down in this bubble chip journey that we are all on. So I took the Raptors play tonight, and it was an exhilarating game. Let me tell you about it. This is a game in which where the Raptors came in, you felt like, all right, they earned some respect after the beatdowns that they've taken. And if you lose game six, okay. Now, they were down, and not only were they down, I mean, in the fourth quarter, this was like a heavyweight match. I mean, I'm talking like you hit a three, I hit a three. You get a dunk, I'll get a layup. You get an and one, I'm getting a layup. I mean, it is. Just, it was just like back and forth, forth and back, and it was just going. It was all I could say about this game was that the Raptors showed what the heart of a champion is really all about tonight. Because the Celtics, you had Tatum go off, you had Jalen Brown go off, and Kyle Lowry. You know, I, I will say this: I will. Kyle Lowry went off too, thirty some odd points. I will say this for Kyle Lowry. For all the struggles, all of his playoff fails, for all of him coming up short in the past, you add last year and this year's playoffs, now that he's a champion, I mean, this guy's really coming to play. He's really, it feels like he's developed. But I mean, this Celtics-Raptors going to game seven. Now, look, Celtics, they had game seven at home versus Bronny, and they took the L. Now, obviously, the Raptors don't have Bronny, but still, a neutral ground, anybody could win the Game 7. There is no home court advantage. Now, speaking of Bronny, let's talk about the Lakers and the Rockets for a second. You know, the Lakers took the lead 2-1 in this series. And when I look at the Lakers or Rockets, and I see how the Rockets play, they can win games. I don't know if they can win the series. Because it feels as though after Game 1, the speed, the shooting, the everything was just a little bit too much for the Lakers. Kind of caught them off guard. And now that the Lakers have found that secret sauce, it just feels like the Rockets can't do anything. And the pressure to take and make every three just increases incrementally that much higher as the game goes on. And you could see the pressure weighing on these guys, you know? And LeBron. I mean, personally for me, as great of a scorer he is, rebounder, assist man, defender, chase down block, got all that. I think he is really dominant or he is at his best when he is in attack mode. Because I feel a lot of times he comes down the court, everybody gets to their spots and LeBron is looking to make the right play, which is the smart thing to do. But it just feels like there are times where somebody needs to right the ship, score a couple points. I mean, the other night they had a 20-point lead, and he decided to say, let me put the cape on real quick, and he got the ship righted. And I just feel like if he just decides to let me go on a personal 10-0 run, there's nothing anybody could do about it. There's nothing you could do about it. But the thing is, he's so good at passing, so good at rebounding. But personally for me, He's so much more dominant when he's in attack mode because now you're forcing everybody to help and that gives other guys wide open shots. Where LeBron might find the right player 
but he might not be ready to take that shot. But time will tell. Now, when I'm watching the Rockets play, the one thing that I see is is that they have a number one guy in the beard, James Harden, a.k.a. the dribbler. They have a legit number, you could say, 1A option in Russell Westbrook. Eric Gordon, don't sleep on him because if he starts knocking out threes, he could he could go for 30 or 40. But my thing is, it's like, you know what you're going to get out of Westbrook and Harden. It just feels like they need more. Like, Gordon is really good, but it just feels like they just need more scoring because these guys go off and it feels like, okay, they did their thing, but they can't score all the points. I mean, with this small ball thing that the Rockets have like 100% bought into, right? I hope people are paying real attention what's going on. Because, you know, you're really going to want a team like the Lakers in the finals. Or you really might want a team like Denver in the finals. And let before everybody's like, Denver, let me state my case. When you look at centers... And the big man in the NBA now. The young centers in the league, I don't know if these guys are really going to be getting paid. Because when you look at the big men in the league, right? You have Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikolai Jokic, a.k.a. Joker. And then who's after that? And I'm talking about like, no, not like, yeah, that's the first level and then everybody's a couple low. When you're looking at the teams that are left right now in the NBA playoffs, on the Boston Celtics, you have Daniel Theus. On the Toronto Raptors, you have Mark Gasol. On the Clippers, you have Ivica Zubak. On Denver, the aforementioned Nikolai Jokic, Joker. On the Lakers, you have JaVel McGee. On the Rockets, 6'5", P.J. Tucker. And on the Heat, you have Bam Adebayo. So what I'm saying is, out of the names that I rumbled off right now, none of them kind of maybe Bam... And obviously, Joker does. But all those other guys don't really whet your appetite like, oh, if we get that guy, he's definitely going to be able to take us to the playoffs, if not the NBA Finals. Because you could say what you want about Houston and Mike D'Antoni, but he's really, 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 with his innovative style of offense, has changed the game. And it's going to be interesting where with the Lakers, with all those bigs that they have, did it like you know, they got Dwight Howard, Javon McGee, Anthony Davis, are they going to be able to save the big man and say, this is why you need a big? We'll find out. We will find out. Now, another thing um, with the NFL, the season coming upon us, I really haven't gone in depth in terms of talking about each team, additions, subtractions, who do I think is going to make it. It's going to be extremely challenging this season. I mean... You have heard nothing really about the NFL. This is going to be some teams can have fans, some teams can't. I mean, when you look at some of these teams that no preseason, preseason is so important because you kind of just getting your feet wet, just going through the motions, getting the rhythm. And some teams that have rookies or rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks, every rep counts. Now, in the past, you would wait until week three or four for a team to really start gelling after they've had four preseason games. Well, three, because the fourth one, the starters are, you know, aren't really playing. 
you could be looking at this season being the type of season where it's complete chaos for the first half of the season and around maybe week six, seven, or eight, teams start getting it together. Now you have, you know, teams like the Chiefs where Dave can probably hit the ground running. You got a team like, although they lost Tom Terrific, the Patriots, they just re-up or reload. Some teams like the Seahawks, 49ers, those teams could just hit the ground running. You have um, other teams where... Do you have a team in... And this, this, is, this, 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 this is interesting. The Los Angeles Rams have everything you need. They just signed their big-time cornerback. But are they going to take that leap? Can they be not the third dog, but the Arizona Cardinals are coming up. D-Hop signed that big two-year extension for 40-some-odd million. So you know the Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald and Murray, they can sit there and, and, and run that, that offense to perfection. And then you got the Rams, and you say whatever you want to say about the Seahawks, but every year we doubt them. And when the dust settles, they're either they need to win the last game to get into the playoffs, or they're right there in the thick of it. And the 49ers, I mean, look, going to the Super Bowl last year, demoralizing loss, but they got a lot of those pieces back. I really don't see a big drop there. When I look at, um, you know, the NFC South, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the Saints. Um, yeah, Tom Terrific is with Tampa Bay, and he added in all these weapons. But like I said, with no preseason, all they're doing is practicing. No live bullets to allow that gelling to transpire. That NFC South, I mean, what if, you know, Matt Ryan is still on the Falcons. The Panthers, that team could probably be a team that takes a hit this year. And the Buccaneers, like I said, what if they blow up? And it, when you're looking at teams like, you know, in the NFC North, the, the Vikings, the Packers, I think they're cut above from the Bears and the Lions. And then when you look at the Vikings and the Packers, with the Packers, is 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 Aaron Rodgers going to have a little bit more fuel knowing that the, the Packers have drafted a rookie a quarterback to be his heir apparent? Never know. You never know. And in the NFC East, you have the Washington football team, the New York Giants. They'll be probably duking it out for the bottom of the NFC East where the Cowboys and the Eagles, they'll be duking it out for either playoff positioning or the AFC's title in general. And let's quickly move over to the AFC West, the LA Chargers. I mean, um, I like what the Chargers are doing. They drafted their quarterback. They have a lot of, um, they have a good veteran quarterback there. They got some pieces. I just don't know if this is the year where they make a big leap, you know? And the Raiders, look, every year you sit there and say, what do they need? But now with the Broncos and the, the, the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, boy, he's going to be there for a while. So unless you can put up 50 points and play with the big boys of the Chiefs, Denver, uh, the Raiders, and the Chargers, I mean... Thank you for showing up. <laughs> uh, with the AFC South, I mean, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're in the rebuild mode. Indianapolis Colts, I mean, they did get some pieces and they got um, the big-time quarterback from the Chargers. But my thing is, is that is that enough to overcome the Tennessee Titans and especially the Houston Texans? Now, I know DeAndre Hopkins lost, I mean, lost, left the Texans. But look, they gave a boatload of money to that quarterback over there. 
And he knows that not only is this my team, he's going to be able to feel comfortable enough to now know that I'm going to do what it takes for this team to win. I think it's going to be a battle between the Titans, the Colts, and the Texans. But look, the Titans, man, they have a winning recipe. And it's pretty good. Very, very, very interesting division right here in the AFC North with the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Cleveland Browns with all those weapons. Is uh, Roethlisberger back at 100% for the Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, is, is Mr. Jackson ready to take that next step? It's going to be very intriguing in this division. I think it might be the most competitive in the NFL. But in the end, when the dust settles, I do think that the Ravens are going to be standing tall while the rest are just looking up at them. And last but not least, the AFC East. The reason why I say the AFC East for last, look, we all say the Dolphins made moves, the Jets made moves, the Bills made moves. But you know what? Patriots got killer cam. You know in Patriot land, it's we don't rebuild, we just reload. So I have, until it happens, I'm going to say this is the Patriots division for them to lose. Now, if you want a Super Bowl prediction, everybody needs to be healthy. So if everybody is healthy, I'm talking about you didn't lose a quarterback or a key player to your team. I could either see a rematch between the 49ers and the Chiefs, or I could see something like the New Orleans Saints if they could catch lightning in the bottle or the Green Bay Packers with both those quarterbacks, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, feeling like Father Time is knocking on the doorstep and they might literally will their team to go to the Super Bowl. And if they did, either one of those quarterbacks, if it's a shootout, those quarterbacks have the skill level, they have the skill level and the mental aptitude to compete with the Chiefs. It's just that do you have the defense to not like stop the Chiefs, but at least just slow them down a little bit. But, you know, that's what I got to say for your NFL preview, which is beginning. Can you believe it's already here? Man, it feels good to say that. So anyway, y'all, um, thank you for this episode. As we come to an end, let me wrap it up with a positive quote. And this positive quote is, moving on doesn't mean you forget about things. It just means you have to accept what happened and continue living. Moving on doesn't mean you forget about things. It means you just have to accept what happened and continue living. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.